0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Triple M Podcast. Um, First and foremost, we want to thank everybody that's watched or listened to the podcast. We want to thank everybody, um, especially the ones that have commented on our Facebook page. Um, Special shout out to you guys. And we especially want to shout out Nicole Campbell for the new profile picture. Anyways, I was the host last week, but this week I'm going to turn it over to my cousin Michael for the rest of it.
1: Yes, thank you guys, seriously, for all the support. It means the world to us. Um... I think we should start this podcast off by just, you know, talking about how the weeks went, what we've been playing, things like that. So, what have you guys been doing? I ain't been doing uh, much of nothing
2: else on the Xbox except uh, playing some Rocket League here and there and uh, some Fortnite.
1: You get any better at Rocket League yet, Micah? Nope. <laughs> Not any Shout better, out no. to
2: my duo partner,
1: though, Cheeseball. <laughs> oh, cheese, man. You got to get him up to platinum. That's all I, I got to say, cheese. I don't.
0: Devastating.
1: Alright, now what have you been playing? You been doing anything lately, bud?
0: I, like you guys, I've been playing some Rocket League myself. Uh, some competitive Smash Brothers online. Uh, been winning some, losing some, lagging a lot. Uh, and, uh, when I haven't been doing that, I've been trying to chip away at some Link's Awakening remake
1: for the Switch. Alright, so uh, <clears throat> what I've been doing is also Rocket League. Let's go three for three on it. Shout out to Eric. Got you in Platinum 2, baby. Yeah, he was, uh, he was actually Platinum 3, guys. I know he's pissed. Michael can't play that good with me. Micah just can't play good. Ow. i also been playing a little bit of Life is Strange too. Um, Not Didn't get too far in that, though. Been kind of busy this week, but I feel like we should start out this podcast uh, with the first question of, what gaming moment made you jump out of your seat? Like, in excitement, in scare, however. Micah, you go ahead and start us off, bud.
2: Mm, probably one of my favorite gaming moments
1: made me jump out of my seat. It
2: has to be in excitement. Mainly when I first started playing Rainbow Six Siege, probably my first ace in that. And what an ace is is basically you wiping, the, you getting all five of the other team by yourself in one round. So that's probably probably my most one of my most exciting ones.
1: Yeah, I remember my first ace in Siege happened. Uh, uh, <laughs> he don't play Siege. Happened, uh, you, you know, in my <laughs> dreams. It was it was a good it was a good ace. I threw, you know, grenades. Heard that was Dakota's dream actually. Yeah, no, Dakota's actually good at that game. Yeah. All right. Well, one of mine is in Bloodborne, where I fought against Father Gascon, or however you say his name. Is that right? <laughs> Mike is looking at me like I said something stupid before the podcast started. No, I didn't. Anyway. He
2: said Father Gas Queen.
1: <laughs> I did. But I was playing. Uh, Shout I was out playing to my ex
0: girlfriend, Ben the Gas Queen.
1: Oh, no, dude. That's tough. <laughs> that is the tough one. Right. But I, I was playing him, and it was probably my first attempt. I was like, oh, I'm a badass at this game. I'm about to just go in and wreck this dude. No. I think I hit him maybe twice, and uh, he killed me. And then I got him halfway dead on the third or fourth fight against him, and I'm like, yeah, he don't want it, and he turns into a werewolf. He's out of nowhere, turns into a, has a second face, turns into a werewolf, cleans my clock. On the 11th attempt, when I finally beat him, I had no blood vials left, was at the very end of my rope, had like one hit left. If he hit me, I was done. I grabbed my Molotov cocktail. He jumps at me. I hit him right in the face with the Molotov for the win. Best thing ever. Jumped out of my seat. Celebrated like a madman that day. So, that was mine and Micah's. Matt, what is yours, sir?
0: Alright, well I'm going to start this off on a somber note. A couple of us, well most of us know a few weeks ago Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash, um, killing nine others. And um, I felt like playing 2K that day, so uh, I put the all-time Lakers against the all-time Celtics, the matchup I think Kobe would have appreciated the most. Well, it's about two seconds left on the shot clock. Tied 110 apiece. Larry Bird's guarding Kobe. I have James Worthy set a screen. Kobe goes over top of the key. Three. All right, guys, let's count down. Three, two, one. Three. Three. Two, one. one, Kobe! And Kobe came down,
1: knocked the cluck shot, and I'm like, that's the Mamba. That is the Mamba right there. The Mamba mentality came through again. So yeah, pretty awesome. Yeah, all those moments actually were pretty good. They would have got, uh, gotten me out of my seat as well. I think the next topic that we need to talk about is a little bit of Super Smash Brothers. Like uh, I know Matt had it on his list last week of top five favorite games he's ever played, so I'm gonna let him start. Matt Dude, what is your uh, Super Smash Brothers main?
0: Um, up to about a week ago, I would have said King K Rule. Um he's the alligator protagonist or antagonist of the Donkey Kong series. He hasn't been seen in a while in the main series games, but he was one of my favorite bosses of all time in Donkey Kong sixty four. But um, recently I've been playing as one of the DLC. His name's Hero from the Dragon Quest series. He has an ability to shoot a fireball, kind of like Samus can shoot her arm cannon. And his sword techniques, and he uses magic. I mean, he's just a well-rounded character, and I've been winning a lot of matches with him. So that has to be my go-to guy. Looks like Trunks off Dragon Ball Z. knockoff.
1: So I've never played as Hero. Um, Have you been doing any online battles with him at all?
0: yep uh actually i played today i lost two rounds with him but i've won like five so i'm on a pretty good win the lost streak
1: i've never played smash brothers online so that's kind of tough um one one story i got though about my main character my main character's lucina um i went to a smash tournament that my uh, buddy joe was holding at his house he invited me to come up so i said you know what joe I'll be there. I'll be there. Let's see what happens. And um, I go there, and they there was like eight of us. There was uh, Joe, Storm, Jenna was there, uh, Austin, Jalen, just a just a you know group of friends all playing Smash Brothers.
0: Everybody with the last name last letter N apparently.
1: Yeah, basically. And everybody's warning me that Jenna is extremely good at this game, and my luck is I got her round one. I'm like, great, she's going to destroy me. but And I'm, I'm not saying anything bad about her. She is a lot better than me at that game, 100%. She was not ready for my cheese, though. Uh, with Lucina and all Smash characters, you guys should know that if you down B, that is a blade counter, and it's going to hit them for like 10, 15 damage. And I just spammed that over and over. I could tell people were getting frustrated. And But long story short is I made it to the championship against a level 9 computer. And lost. And sadly, I did lose to level 9 Shulk. It was very sad. None of us gonna took him, except for maybe Jenna. And me. But she lost round 1 to me. Because, you lost to an AI? Not that I say it proudly, but hey, Shulk's got the length on me, man. AI means average intelligence. I thought it meant artificial <laughs> intelligence, sir. No, that's you, sir. oh micah it the shade anyway lucina's my main i love the fire emblem series i loved her uh she's i don't know i think i might switch it up i like byleth pretty good too but yeah i thought that'd be a pretty funny story michael would you like to add anything else sir i used captain falcon once on nintendo 64 (laughs) once one time only best character
2: in the game falcon punch
1: Alright, so uh, the next thing that I think we need to talk about is if you could live in any gaming universe, where would you live and what would your role be? We'll start with Matt on this one again.
0: Alright, first of all, Pokemon, the anime, no video game. Alright, why? Because Jigglypuff, When I like to sleep and Jigglypuff sends you to sleep, right? So when I go to sleep, right. she'll uh put a mustache and a beard on me and I have a really hard time growing my beard on my cheeks and it really pisses me off, so...
1: Matt just said, fuck all of the rules. It was video game, and he said, not the video game, the anime.
0: Pokemon is a video game, too. But that's not actually it. Um, I would live in a... That's a really good question. Um, I would say I would probably live in Rule, and uh, I'd like to be like, I guess... The uh, right hand guard to the king of Hyrule, whoever Zelda's dad is, depending on the game. I just I think that'd be a good good role for me. I know I'm not good enough to be Link because he has nice hair and I'm bald and I mean.
1: I mean, if it was up to me, though, I'd still be Link. Rep the baldness, rep the Link. I mean, it's a it's a universe you can kind of make it your own. All right, so that's what Matt would do, Micah. What would you do, brother? <laughs> I'd like to
2: say, I'd be a thug in GTA. See if it's easy to make that kind of money. I'm all about it.
0: Yeah, we can definitely tell that's your fantasy. Because you're definitely not a thug.
2: Ooh. Yeah, your fan your fantasy is to grow some hair too, ain't it, Matt? <laughs> oh,
1: God. It comes at the sides and the back. I've seen it. <laughs> all this right, Michael, what's yours? This is, getting, this is getting out of control. Okay, so to piggyback off of Micah's idea, it's not GTA, don't you worry about that, what it is. Kind of I would, as is how piggyback is. I would be something that I probably should have tried to be, but I know I would have epically failed. But it would have been absolutely insane to be in NBA 2K or Madden NFL. And I would be the quarterback of the New England Patriots. I would be the Tom Brady. Have you ever played Roblox Citizens? (laughs) No, I can't say that I've ever played Roblox Citizens. Lumberdackhead? No, but, like, those are on my list of play now. Like, up next to play. <laughs> Superman
0: 64.
1: You better play fast. The server shut down in March. So they're that bad of a game, huh? Glad I missed it. I heard that Roblox had uh, had some scenes on there that's um, not safe for work. That's just uh, what's been on my Facebook page.
0: Oh, that's what that means.
1: Okay. I don't know about that, guys. But, yeah, listen, if I were to quarterback the Patriots... I do believe I could get maybe, maybe worse than they already are. I can. Yeah, six <laughs> Super Bowl rings in twenty years—that's terrible. Absolutely terrible. Michael, let me ask you something. How <laughs> many Super Bowls has Pittsburgh won in the last twenty years? Enough. Two. <laughs> Matt, with the correct answer of two. Michael, two is not enough because six better than two. Enough. Micah, you know that I would complete at least two passes in the NFL. How do you feel that Tom Brady is going to the Chargers next season? I feel hurt. Or the Raiders. I feel devastated if it's the Raiders. I feel hurt if it's the Chargers. I feel like he's going to be a Patriot, though. Uh, this has now changed into an <laughs> NFL podcast. We'd like to welcome you to the uh, Triple M Get You Some podcast. <laughs> this is
0: sponsored by Troy Palamalu and Patrick Mahomes and Head and Shoulder Shampoo. Yeah, it is.
1: One. Anyway, to get back on topic of what we were saying, <clears throat> I have the best of video game world to live in. Thank you guys very much. The next thing that we need to talk about is a game of, like, <clears throat> importance to you. A game that made you fall in love with gaming and what that was. We're going to go ahead and kick it over to Micah to start this one.
0: Fortnite. No.
1: False. Battle Royale. False.
2: Anyways, uh... On PlayStation 2, uh, me and my brother just played a bunch of Madden, but the game that probably got me chimed in and really wanting to game more and got me to get an Xbox 360, making the switch from Xbox to PlayStation, wise move on my part, but uh, would probably be uh, Modern Warfare 2.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty good game.
0: (laughs) Shoot, shoot, pow, pow.
1: Never played it, but I heard it's a pretty good game pretty old game <laughs> yeah it is so what what drew you to it like what was it what was the core mechanic the just s- straight competitiveness matt you make me sound like a psychopath the straight competitiveness you know what all oh, like the that other answer. kids with the matt, stuff. Matt, matt. <laughs> all right so <laughs> the game that made me fall in love with gaming was super mario world and the reason that that did it was because like I was sick one week at school. Like, I had the chicken pox and I couldn't go for any Like many week. other weeks. So, you just played hooky. I had the chicken pox. That is not hooky. Anyway. Someone well, needs a tampon. Anyway, what happened was, <laughs> I played it that whole entire week, just me and my mom. And I'll tell you this, when I say we didn't make it out of Donut Plains, I mean it. We didn't make it out of the second world. It was sad. But I was very young at the time, and I just wanted to play something with my mom, have a good time. So I knew at that point in time that gaming could connect any generations together. It could make things, you know, could have make people have a good time. It was it was just a good feeling. So uh, yeah, that's mine definitely. Super Mario World. Matt, we're gonna kick it to you now.
0: First of all, I want to say that's deep. And before I say mine, I would like to ask them, um, how many times did you sacrifice Yoshi for the greater good?
1: Oh, God, I stopped counting after the 3,000th time. So, at least 3,000, 3,001, I'd say.
0: All right, so, what I'm hearing is you're not allowed to use Yoshi and Smash Brothers ever again, just on principle.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, he'll be a sacrifice for the greater good than any you know other the world.
0: All right, well, uh, anyway, my game that really <clears> took <throat> me into gaming was Super Mario 64. I was always kind of a poor kid growing up, so I never had game systems. So, uh, I go up my cousin Michael's, who, in is the guy I've been roasting the entire time. But, uh, Super Mario 64, man, uh, what can I say about it? Looking back now, it's not, it's kind of a basic game, but back for me, back then, it was just like the most amazing game in the world, I mean, been able to fly, turn into Metal Mario, uh, shoot out of cannons, pick up bomb bombs, um, and all those boss fights with Bowser, especially collecting the 70 stars to go up that eternal stairwell to reach him. That final boss fight, that was actually the second boss I beat. Of the second boss, yeah. God, I'm confused. But, uh, yeah, I just i love Super Mario 64.
1: So, Mike, have you ever played Super Mario 64? Yes. Alright, so uh, this isn't part of what we're supposed to talk about. Well, we're going to do it real quick anyway. Quick, Matt, you start. What was your favorite level in Super Mario 64? The Womp's Fortress. The Womp's Fortress. Why was that?
0: Because I don't know why I like queen, King Thwomp. I got, he got me on that Queen thing earlier. But uh, King Thwomp, I just like stepping on him because he said he was pavement. And I was just like...
1: Yeah, it's Queen. <laughs> Alright, Michael, what was your favorite level on Super Mario 64? Can't say I recall. Can't say you recall. I
0: actually, I switched mine to the uh, snow level because I like dropping the penguin off the world.
1: <clears throat> My favorite was... um, God, that's actually a hard question. I'm the one that came up with it. Uh, I would say bomb on Battlefield, just because me and Chain Chomp went 15, 20 rounds. You know, he may have gotten me the first 10, 11 times, but that 12th, 13th time, buddy, I took him, and by time 15, easily getting that star, Easily.
0: All you had to do was free him. You didn't really fight him.
1: No, dude, I kicked his ass. <laughs> you didn't see me play it. Actually, I did. don't know if we wanted to over that explanation there. So that was what made us love games. Um, The next one is uh, not so much love. It's actually frustration. We're going to talk about a game that has frustrated us to no end. And I'm going to start this one off by saying Madden, NFL, just the franchise in general, frustrates me to no end. So an example of this is I was playing uh, a rookie quarterback franchise. And I get drafted by the Houston Texans. And nobody told me. Mistake number one. Yeah, that was mistake number one. No one told me that the Houston Texans offensive line was two candy bracelets and a piece of cheese. Because when I played Jacksonville, it was definitely Saxonville. I probably got sacked 15, 20 times, got blown out every time I played them, and I stayed with the Texans for like five years. That was bad mistake on my behalf. I played with them for five years, made to the AFC Championship once to get beat by surprise Jacksonville who lost the Super Bowl to the Falcons. So, yeah, I was very frustrated with that. Matt, what is one that you have been frustrated with?
0: All right, this is a new game. I've expressed frustrations for many reasons with this game, but Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, I'm frustrated with the fact that they don't have traditional dungeons, um, that they replace them with these shrines that are basically just puzzle mini-games. I really don't like them. I don't like the Divine Beast, which serve as the main dungeons where you fight the boss. Which, the bosses are basically the same rehashes of the same character, just using different elements. But the one thing that agitates me most about that game is when you're climbing up a mountain. And this is the one Zelda game you get stamina to climb as high as you can. Well, you'll get up partway and it'll start raining. Well, when it rains, you can't climb. So I can't tell you how many times I've been climbing up these humongous mountains, trying to reach the top to see what's up there, and it rains, and I fall all the way down the mountain and die. That has happened to me more times than I can count. I know I need to get good, but it is what it is. Also, the weapon's breaking after, like, three hits. gay.
1: Alright, so uh, I had a question I was going to ask you, Matt. Do you believe, and give me your honest opinion here, that Nintendo can fix Breath of the Wild 2 and make it better than Breath of the Wild 1?
0: Like I said, traditional dungeons give weapons a little bit more durability, a wide variety of bosses, not just the same boss rehashed. Um, I liked Majora's Mask. It's my favorite Legend of Zelda game after Twilight Princess, and both those games are considered the darkest in the franchise, so, uh, and they have confirmed it's supposed to be like Majora's Mask, so I'm really hoping it's more dark and sinister, but.
1: Yeah, my, my hype level for Breath of the Wild 2 is actually really really high, too. And I'm not a guy that really liked Breath of the Wild 1 much. Um,
0: I'm so, with you there, 100%.
1: Yeah, so Matt had some really valid points on that one. Come on, Nintendo. Listen to us. Download the podcast, listen to us, fix it. All right, Micah, what do you got?
0: PlayStation does what Nintendo don't. <clears throat>
1: That's right.
0: If I got to
2: pick a frustrating game, and I know I'm not going to get no disagreements out of the other two... An all-in-all frustrating game, more like unpredictable, but definitely frustrating game. It's a game I talk about a bunch. It's got to be Rocket League, just because that game just ticks me off.
1: You can be off by a centimeter, miss Scenario, aerial, the goal goes in three times, now all of a sudden you're down by eight.
2: And usually the t- the team you're playing is just flat-out prom night dumpster babies. I mean, they're not. <laughs> there's no way they should beat you. It's just frustrating how it happens, like the hits. The angles, everything about the game. That game is probably the most frustrating game on any cer- on any uh, console or anything right now, but I still love that game to death.
0: Real shit, though. Don't you hate that one dude whose sole role is to just go around and blow up everybody?
1: Yeah, That's, that, that's my
2: role. That's Michael's role, Prom Night Dumpster, baby.
1: <laughs> Listen, y'all can say what you want, but... And
2: I tell you right now, what really frustrates me is
0: when your teammates troll.
1: Take me off Team Morton right now. That would be me. I, I am a huge troll on that game, especially with Micah, because I just think it's hilarious. My man gets really aggravated at me, and I'm like, dude, I swear, I could have hit it. <laughs> Let
0: me tell you about Micah. Micah is a good kid. But when he gets mad, his face turns like the color of a tomato. And it is funny to see. It looks like he's about to have a seizure.
1: Micah said he's a grown-ass man. He don't, he don't appreciate that <laughs> little kid business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anybody anybody anybody
0: born after 2000 is a little kid i'm sorry actually i was born in 2000 on 2000 or is it in 2000 technically
1: it's in 2000 It's in the year okay but yeah that was uh that was our frustrating games and uh you know like i said i like to troll my guy it's all in good fun though i'll tell you uh i got a friend named tyler or themes we call him themes and uh, don't, you, don't you dare troll fiends. thieves <laughs> <laughs> will come to your house and fight you if you troll fiends. Let me just say that. Uh, so the next thing that we're going to talk about is sequels or games that we think deserve them that haven't had them come out or a remake that we think a game deserves because it was such a great game on an older console. And I'm going to start this one off as well by saying Sony... You need to remake Persona 4 and Persona 3. Nobody owns a PlayStation Vita. People want to play this game, but they're not going to spend $100 for something that's just going to get dust. Have you uh, played either of those games? I have platinumed Persona 4, and I have played, like... I don't know, an hour in Persona 3, something like that. So not too much into Persona 3, but Persona 4, (laughs) amazing game, set up extremely well. The story's amazing. It's about the Midnight Channel. I'm not going to ruin too much of it because Persona's 25th anniversary, I think it's coming up either next year or the year after. It's not too far off, so we might get those. Here's hoping that Sony actually makes them. All right, Matt, what do you got? All
0: right, so I grew up in Nintendo 64, baby. It was the first console I ever owned. That was solely my own. Um, there was this game series for it. It's been dormant forever now, two decades. But uh, it was called the Vigilante Eight series by Luxo Flux. I think that's how you pronounce the game company's name.
1: Hey, uh, didn't didn't we make a trade with that game, man?
0: Yeah, I'll trade you Mario Party Three for it.
1: Yeah, try. Uh, that was a good trade on my behalf. I wasn't much for Vigilante Eight, but I still love to see it come back.
0: Alright, Vigilante 8 is essentially a game that involves cars, much like Rocket League, except it's car combat. Um, each car gets a multitude of weapons, and they all get the same weapons, except one. Every car has its own distinct weapon. There's this police car that has a ray that uh, stops time for a certain amount of time. My favorite was the yellow hover car. It was like robotic from the future. It shot like this red laser that shot for a while and could blow you through walls. I mean, I just loved Vigilante to death. Um, I'd love to see it remastered on the Switch because I think that's a criminally underrated game. And I think with the way graphics have progressed in the last two decades that it'd be quite a good game.
1: Have, have you ever played Twisted Metal, like either one of you? I'm just kind of curious. Vigilante 8 kind of sounds like Twisted Metal, in a way.
2: It kind of sounds like there's another... I can't think of the name right off the bat. There was a free game they had on Xbox probably about a year and a half ago. It's kind of like a car combat game, too. I was kind of getting that vibe from it. I can't I can't remember the name of the game for the life of me, though.
1: See, I've never played Twisted Metal, but that's where Sweet Tooth comes from, and he's he's a Rocket League thing that I love oh to Oh, my gosh, yeah. I, I
0: think it might be a like a... <laughs> Spiritual successor to Vigilante 8 was of metal, is what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, nothing like a remake, though. I, I really, I just, <clears throat> Vigilante 8, I played that, me and my brother, we don't have a whole lot in common, but that was one game we both really loved to death, and we played hours upon hours upon hours against each other. And just to have that back in my life. I actually own it from the, the Nintendo 64. It's still a great game. I come back to every couple weeks. But uh, I really do wish it was on Switch.
1: I'll tell you though. Um, talking about the sequels and the remakes. Whenever they make them. You kind of get a little scared. Because you're like. Please. Don't do injustice to the original content. Make it good. Make it right. Do right by the original. But. Speaking of scary, I think we're going to talk about some scary moments that we've had in games. Matt, would you like to start us off, sir?
0: Yeah, absolutely. This is very childish, but you have to remember, I owned this game when I was very young. Super Mario 64. That is not a game you think of when it comes to creepy. Mario is not a franchise you think of when it comes <clears> to, <throat> to creepy. And I know a lot of you are probably thinking about that haunted piano and the booze haunt level. that gives
1: me nightmares.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, but anyway... In Jolly Roger Bay, um, one of the missions is to get in a a wrecked ship and get the star that's inside it. Well, um, I thought this was going to be easy. So, I just, you know, I go down there, I swim down underwater, make sure to collect some coins and air bubbles so I don't drown. Well, I get to the ship, and there's no way in except this window. Well, I get closer to the window, there's this humongous eel in there. I thought it was just a prop. Like, I thought there was another way into the ship for the longest time. I was six when I played this. And that eel just, I was like, well, how do you get in the ship? So I stood in front of the eel, and its face just progressively got redder and redder until it jumped out and bit me. And that just was like, whoa, what, what, what just happened to me? <laughs> uh, I was not expecting that eel to come out. And honestly, as creepy as that was... In Super Mario Odyssey, they can't—they make a return, and they're even creepier. But I've grown up a lot since then, so they don't freak me out.
1: You know what? I'll chime in with the uh, eel thing. Yeah, the eel was actually really creepy, because we probably played it, what, when we was like 8? Something like that? 8, 9?
0: Yeah, I started when I was like 6.
1: Yeah, so it, it was definitely creepy back in the day, guys.
0: Alright, next up is another underwater eel creature. This one happened in Twilight Princess. I owned it for the GameCube <coughs> in 2006. Um... You go to uh, Lake Hylia, take the Iron boost and you go underwater with the Zora suit on. It's one of, beating that temple was actually one of my absolute highlights in gaming because everybody knows the Zelda series is infamous for having difficult water temples that people don't understand how to beat. Well, I get there, and you slowly descend into this pit of water, nothing around. You reach the lake bottom, if I'm remembering right, and out of the ground pops this eel. I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you this i have a deep fear of of deep water anything where my feet doesn't touch and i can't see the bottom it, it terrifies me because i watched river monsters it's a show on a i think it was animal planet mm-hmm. uh, all kinds of monstrous creatures under the water and uh just that freaks me out that's probably my biggest fear in the world is swimming somewhere and having a giant animal just swallow me up but yeah, Morpheo was this disgusting-looking creature. Uh, it was tainted by a twilight shard, I believe. But I eventually beat it, and uh, it was such a relief to me.
1: Speaking of the deep water, man, I'd have to chime in and say that I'm in like the heart of West Virginia. And I, my number one fear is still a shark. I'm terrified of the water because I can't see what is in it.
0: Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. The water is absolutely creepy. Alright, third up is uh, Persona 5. Um, You meet this character later on named Akechi. He seems like he's an ally of yours for the longest part. And then uh, you eventually get caught by the police and get put in this interrogation cell. Akechi walks in. The security officer asks him what's going on. And he takes a gun out shoots him. Kills him dead. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Like, this dude, you think this nice guy's been your ally the whole time. Just straight up kill. And then he comes in and kills you. Well, you think it kills you. It turns out you're actually in a...
1: What's it called, Michael? Uh, you're in your own head like mementos, I think, yeah.
0: Yeah, you're in mementos in your head, so... You're tricking catchy into mementos. thinking he had killed you. Mementos. Uh, that... That just freaked me out because, you know, I thought Akechi was a good guy. I guess it's more of a plot twist than a scary moment, but it it definitely surprised me when it happened.
1: Oh, it was an amazing plot twist. I was uh, watching that unfold. I was like, man, Akechi just really ended this game by shooting me in the head, and that's it. Very disappointing if that was how it was actually going to end. Spoiler alert, it keeps going. Keep playing
0: oh yeah um number two on the list is castlevania 64 um my brother introduced me to this game when his friend scott had come down uh to spend the night when my parents were on vacation and um he they started me off on the first level and i remember i walked in and skeletons ...were rising from the ground to fight you like skeleton warriors. And that in itself ain't that scary. They were just normal-sized human skeletons. I watched Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. I'd seen things like that before, so it didn't really creep me out that much. But then there's this big door. And the music just slowly gets more ominous. And it creaks open. And there's this skeleton that is like the size of probably a three-story house... ...with a giant club. And it just makes this ungodly roaring noise... And it absolutely, it just, it blew my mind. Like I was, I was freaked out.
1: I know you guys can't see it, but Mike is actually just doing Fortnite dances over here, trying to distract Matt from his five scariest, uh, five scariest games.
0: I guess Fortnite dancing is my five scariest games, honestly.
1: If you floss one more time, this is now the double M podcast because you have got to go.
0: We'll race the M and everything. Alright, but number one on my list. And this one's scary for a different reason. This is probably the newest game I'm... No, it's probably the second newest after Persona 5. The mm-hmm. Batman Arkham Knight. Um, there's this side mission where you find people... Dismembered and their bodies mutilated, and all around Gotham, and you have to like scan them and see certain characteristics about them. Well, it turns out there's this Batman villain name, his name's Professor Pig, but his real name's Lorenzo Valentin, I believe. And uh, he has this obsession with the perfect person, and uh, you track him down to this like barber shop that he runs, there where he's actually mutilating the bodies, and um. You get down in there and you see him mutilating. He's he's humming along to operas while he's chopping up the bodies. And, I mean, it's just disturbing. The reason it's so scary to me is because I was grown up when I played this game. So that in itself wasn't all that scary. But the thing that really, you know, creeps me out about it is there could actually be an actual human being that feels like Lorenzo Valentin or Professor Pig does. There could actually be a murderer out there that dismembers bodies and tries to make them perfect or whatever. It's like an actual thing that could happen, unlike, you know, Super Mario 64 and whatnot.
1: Oh, yeah, there's been plenty of, uh, plenty of TV shows, movies, animes, all that about sewing people into one person to make the perfect person.
0: It's just, that creeps me out to this day, and that boss fight was hard as heck. He had to fight the corpses he pretty much reanimated while he's chucking knives at you the whole time. It's just... It was, it was definitely one of my favorite boss fights. That's just a little side comment. But uh, any one of you fellas want to go next?
1: Yeah, I'll go next. Um, Okay, so this first one is a story about me and my cousin Steven, uh, who was with me at the time. We were playing a game called Until Dawn. And Steven, if you're listening, you know the story that's about to happen. We were like... 18 years old i was 18 he was like 16 at the time and we're just playing it and we know that there's a ghost like like a stupid jump scare that's about to happen i'm like oh there's no way that this gets us well i'm sitting there i'm uh moving ashley who was the uh, person that we're controlling at the time i'm moving her towards the door towards the jump scare so i turn and look at steven and he's not in the room anymore steven is now in the kitchen behind the refrigerator (laughs) And I look at Steven, and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, open the door. I'm like, what are you doing? He said, nah, nah, dude, go ahead and open the door. So now, I'm sitting there talking to Steven behind the uh, refrigerator, handing him the controller. He's handing it back to me. And we got two grown-ass men, afraid to walk three extra steps, hit X, and open the door for a jump scare. So we finally man up push our heads just a little bit out from the wall and the refrigerator, tap X, see the jump scare, walk back in and played it like nothing happened. Dumbest thing ever. Should not have been scary. Don't know what made it scary, but it was scary. You got something to say, Michael? No. <laughs> he was leaning in towards the mic like he had something to say. That's not,
0: that, that's a Brett Bowling right there. I know he's not listening. He doesn't know anything about video games. But uh, he's like, no, man, don't know.
1: One of my one of my scariest moments in gaming, and anybody who's played this game is probably uh, terrified of this too, and this is big spoiler coming up for the game, Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice. <clears throat> There's a mechanic at the very beginning of the game that lets you know if you die with her too many times that, uh, I think it's called the rot or something like that that's in her arm, keeps going up her body. And if it gets to the top of her head, she dies. And your game restarts, and you lose all your progress. And what's scary about that is I don't want to restart. I've spent 10 hours on this game, and you're going to kill me because I can't see my way through the fire pit? Like, come on, man. Don't kill me for that. And anyway, I was playing it, and I died like four times one night. So I turned the PlayStation off. I was like, I'm not going to play it anymore until I look up what happens with The Rot. The Rot is just a mechanic. It's not real. So if you haven't played it, you don't have to worry about it. <sighs> or if you're going to play it, you don't have to worry about it. The rot's not real. It's just a myth. You can die as many times as you want. It literally is just a scare tactic. What a spoiler. I said spoiler before I started talking about this game, Mike.
0: you just disappointed tens of fans that might have played that game.
1: <laughs> I just—I don't uh, even remember the title of the game, and I'm disappointed. A uh, Big shout out to the ten people that haven't played it that need to. Uh, it's going to be an Xbox exclusive. RIP. Uh, my dreams of Planet on PlayStation. Uh, the sequel will be, anyway. Come to my house. Y- you dag on right? I'm going to come to your house. Well, I have a PC. I'll just buy it on there. All
0: right. So you're going to get to play that game. I'm like, it's doing Fortnite dances in the background.
2: so That sounds more fine. So you said you're just going to buy it on PC. So you just lied about it being an Xbox exclusive.
1: Well, Xbox and PC, basically the same thing. No. That's very true. You know what? I did. Until
0: until until we have you on a gaming podcast. After saying that, <laughs> until yeah, it's about to be the double game podcast. If you keep it up. Um, Actually, if he's kicking you off, you're kicking me off. I'm the host
1: of the podcast. <laughs> Just a Matt. If you're podcast. kicking both of us off, Matt, you're gonna have to find a new computer. <laughs> you yeah, know, I do apologize for that. It, it's Xbox and PC. Technically, art basically,
2: technically, you're not wrong because. You will be able to play PC games on the new Xbox
1: yeah, I was saying, at the end of the year. I was saying they're not, they're not the same thing, but they basically have these same games. Uh, again, not all of the same games, but Microsoft and PC are more likely to share the games than Sony is with the PC.
0: He basically just said Xbox is a basic bitch.
1: That's not what I said, but y'all can interpret it however you want. If you interpret it that way, I'm taking it right to the heart. <laughs> That's Right dope. through the pride. The next one that I got is a game called Corpse Party. Okay, now this. First off, it don't even sound good. Oh, it's a great game. It's Necrophiliac a, Michael. It is a virtual novel. It's just, it's basically a book. Uh, you read it. You get to choose the choices in it. You do get a. There's a little bit of gameplay in there, trying to run away from demons and zombies and things like that. But it's basically a read your own horror story type thing. The lost mint book. And what happened was, in this...
0: Can you get this at your local book fair at school?
1: You cannot get this at the book fair. You can get a Lamborghini poster.
0: <laughs> Goosebumps, the whole series.
1: Yeah. But what happened was, I was just sitting there playing it, and it was thunderstorming outside. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put this down and see how bad it's thunderstorming. So I had just clicked on a closet in that game, and, I, and it said, nothing interesting is in this closet. So I said, okay, cool, let me just, I go outside and I look to check to see how high the river's gotten, if, you know, anything's going to happen. I come back, uh, I look at the screen again, out of nowhere, a dead face just pops right onto my screen. I jump scare, I throw the PlayStation Vita into the air Mm -hmm. for a second, I recatch it, I'm like, what just happened?
0: Can I get this on on my Kindle?
1: No, you cannot get it for the Kindle. You can... Get it for the PlayStation Vita.
0: No, nope, Patrick. Mayonnaise that? is not an instrument. Horseradish is not an instrument either.
1: What was you gonna say, Micah?
2: The person with the white sedan. You left your lights on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: this is now a SpongeBob podcast. Apparently. <laughs> all right, we're gonna. Th- I'm gonna throw it over to Micah now since he's got all the jokes. <laughs> Listen, I ain't got all the jokes, and I've only got one scary moment that absolutely done me in.
2: And I blame Forehead, a.k.a. Brody Jenkins, 100% for this
0: one.
2: 100% Okay. Uh, anyways, this game is called Outlast. And it is just a straight horror game. I, I don't know what the point of the game is. It never beat the game.
1: I played played 15 minutes. Maybe. I was going to say, he played to the first jump scare. He called it was Brody. the first jump scare. He called Brody. so said, no, this game in, I,
2: for me. I was in a party with Brody. And Jeremy, actually. It was their idea. Uh, it was about 4.30 in the morning. We're playing. It's storming outside at my house, you know, in real life. It's, it's raining on the game, too. I go in this uh, abandoned insane asylum. And Brody, and I, I mean, I'm about to beat the first level, first wave, and I'm killing it. got I me. Mean, there's a couple jump scares, nothing bad. The thing Brody tells me to do, he said, you see the person in the wheelchair. And I said, yeah, I see the person in the wheelchair. And the person in the wheelchair sees me. And I'm not gonna buy the person wheelchair. Turns out, he, Brody says this is the only way you gotta go to get the key. That's a lie. <laughs> That's a bold-faced lie. But right I believe my
1: man's face. Huh? I
2: believed him because he's my friend. He's like, you gotta go bomb. I go bomb one time, perfectly fine. You know, I get the key, everything's chill. Brody's like, you gotta go back bomb. There's no other way around. There was. I didn't know though. Go back bomb, and it's paraplegic gets his legs back from the, the good lord above or something jumps out of there grabs me and throws me through a glass window over a banister and i'm telling you right now i jumped up out of my seat i ran i fell down my stairs it's pitch black in my house so i'm freaking out yeah that's
1: what, that's, that's my was, scary there cleric cleric, the moment. was there a cleric in that game that said the power of christ compels you before you walk by him again
2: no but there was an antichrist scene <coughs> kind of games we play in here? I thought this was a Christian (laughs) podcast. It was
1: Outlast.
2: I didn't know what kind of game it was. Brody's like, it's free, download it.
0: Brody may have lied to you, but Brody is a genuinely good guy. You deserve it. You deserve to be scared.
2: He's got a big heart and a big forehead.
0: (laughs) Join the five-head club, man. Man.
1: Well, guys, we're about at the end of this podcast, but... One thing that we do want to do is uh, have a segment called Gaming News, where we just talk about like what's going on in the industry a little bit, like give you a, a couple things to think about or to um, you know just express our opinions on. We don't really have a whole lot this week, but one of the things that we do have um, that I read is EA has jacked up the prices on lots of their old games on Steam. So maybe EA will be bringing new games to Steam. Maybe they'll be... Uh, you know, doing multi-platforms again because I think there for a little bit they were off Steam. Don't quote me on that. I'm not 100% sure. Um, sorry about that uh, lapse of thinking there for a minute. I just lost what I was gonna say. But yeah, EA is uh, EA's jacked the prices up on some of their old games, so you could be you could be looking forward to maybe some new games coming to Steam from EA. What do you got, Matt? All
0: right, so. Uh most of you know Animal Crossing New Horizons is coming out on, I believe, March 20th. Well, apparently there's been some news that you can, through the cloud, you cannot transfer your account information from one switch to the other. So, for example, if your primary switch breaks down and you go buy another one, you have to start all over because they they just don't want you getting the bonuses you would get through uh, having multiple accounts. And um, a lot of people are outraged about that because... They want to be able to, you know, be able to switch between their switches and um, just do animal crossing that way.
1: Do we have anything else, guys, on the news front? Uh, yeah, actually, I got one more thing. It's probably not a game a lot of people are looking forward to, but <clears throat> Fairy Tale the uh, the game has been delayed. I believe it's been delayed to June 13th, June 14th, something like that, mid June. So, yeah, Fairy Tale has been delayed.
0: Good. Also, I've thought about it, and um, I remember something. The Outer Worlds for Switch, the port of it, has been delayed because of coronavirus in China, where it's being distributed. Um, they're taking the health, and the safety and health of their workers serious, so they're going to be delaying the Outer Worlds on Switch, And um, but they will be making a physical cart for it, so you can collect it physically if you'd like. And also, um, I told you guys last week about Under Hero coming out for Switch on a... Uh, february 13th i really think it's going to be a good game and i definitely recommend it for anybody that likes the paper mario franchise or rpgs in general
1: and for one of the final things that we're going to talk about tonight guys is our facebook page the triple m gaming podcast you can like us on facebook um we have a twitter as well if you'd like to follow us on there we're more active on facebook though so that's definitely where i would go first um we're going to shout out a couple people that's commented on there actually um I wrote up a, com- or a uh status, not a comment, that said, if anybody wants to chime in with their favorite games, you can feel free, and we'd love to hear from you. To which Brody responded with, Def Jams, Fight for New York for the PlayStation 2. It was a great game and a great story. I wish I had more to say on that game. I need to look up gameplay on it. I've never played it, but I'll take your word for it, Brody. We appreciate you chiming in on that, my dude. Next, we have uh, Justin, who said he's been playing Titanfall 2 and the new Call of Duty and been really enjoying them. I can
2: uh, chime in on that with uh, Titanfall and New Call of Duty. I played them both. Personally, I like the new Call of Duty better than Titanfall, but Titanfall is an underrated game. Very good game, very good uh, gameplay and competitiveness and competition in it in general. New Call of Duty is probably one of the best Call of Duty they've had in a while, in my opinion. As far as the gameplay and the competitiveness goes, they're still adding a bunch of stuff to it. It's just an all-around good game in general.
1: Have you played any of the campaign on there? I heard it's designed to make you feel uncomfortable unlike the new Call of Duty.
2: I've played about half of the campaign. I really need to finish it. It's not a big campaign. It wouldn't take me long to finish it. But it is definitely different from other Call of Duties, I would say. I'm going to go off onto another post, and uh, Justin has a comment on there, too. Saying what was uh, the first games all three of you played, which earlier in the podcast we've already answered that, so that one's answered. And here's a question he's got for all three of us: What was the first console y'all started on? I'll go ahead and start on that one. My first console I started on was a PlayStation Two. How about you, Michael?
1: I started on the Nintendo sixty four. The Nintendo sixty four has a lot of really good memories for me, honestly. So, yeah, the Nintendo sixty four I hold a special pl- it it holds a special place in my heart. Um, the, the first game I ever
0: start system I ever started on was the Nintendo NES, uh, the original, the first one, back in the nineteen eighties. Well, I didn't start it in the nineteen eighties, but uh, my brother owned one, and um, it was his. So I played a lot of Super Mario Bros, <laughs> Super Mario Bros two, Super Mario Bros three, Legend of Zelda, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But the game I loved the most on it was Duck Hunt. I thought it was amazing how you can point the little Gun, the little plastic Zippo gun thing and point it and actually shoot the ducks. I just thought that was a revolutionary thing way before it's time.
2: Another question Justin has for us at the end. He wants to know our opinion on the new
1: quality of gameplay coming out in new games and if there's any specific ones. Go ahead, Michael. So, I don't know if you guys know, but you probably do, that they're trying to add ray tracing into the, uh, into the new f- systems. And... If they get ray tracing, if you guys know what ray tracing is, it's like makes the environment interact with itself. So, for example, you could be looking down on Call of Duty or something into a mud puddle. And you could look up to the top, you know, in the mud puddle, you could see the top of a building. <clears throat> or mud puddle is a bad example. Let's say rain puddle. And you look up, see there's a sniper on the top of the building. You can turn around and snipe it from there. So, with ray tracing coming, it could revolutionize the gaming world just in general because they use a lot of ray tracing in movies for example to just make everything go perfectly together like i don't know it's 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 something to look forward to that's for sure anything you got mad on any
0: new games and gameplay all right um i got a question actually from well it wasn't a question it's more of a statement i asked a question on our facebook page which you like i said like our host said you should really check out but um Essentially, my brother commented, I said, what are you, what's your number one scariest game, and my brother, con- or scary scene in a game, I'm sorry, I'm messing up, but uh, he said uh, the rowboat in Resident Evil 4. I watched a uh, YouTube clip on it, and it is actually mortifying. You go into this foggy swamp, get on this boat, you glide out into the middle of this lake, and all of a sudden the music picks up, kind of like Jaws, but not that tune. And uh, this giant Leviathan comes out of the water, and you have to fight it using a spear gun. But um, I also have a question from uh, Dalton Shoemate. He, he asked it to me directly. He didn't put comment it. But uh, he asked, how do you think that um, Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo changed over the years? And uh, I can't really speak for Sony and Microsoft, but as a Nintendo, I believe uh, the thing they've changed on most, besides you know graphics and games and the things that everybody's improved on, They've really uh, upped their games when it comes to mature audiences. Um, before you would think of uh, Nintendo, it had this kid-friendly, uh, you know, kind of vibe to it. But uh, with games like Bayonetta and Devil May Cry and stuff on the platform on the Switch platform now, um, I feel like Nintendo has uh, caught up with the times and what gamers want.
2: I'll chime in on uh, Microsoft over the years. Like you, like you said, the big th- biggest thing I think. For all three of them, really, would probably be you know, it, it's easily gonna be graphics and stuff, but I like the more of their getting into depth with storylines and stories of games and how they play out. Way more competitive esports and stuff going into games as well, too. And it's just becoming a more all consoles really just becoming a more competitive platform, and that's just that I really love competitive things, and that's that's about all I can say on that, Michael. Anything about Sony over the years? <clears throat>
1: Not too much on Sony's. Just uh, like you said, it's mostly the graphics. The graphics have definitely improved on everything, but that's to be expected. Um, like I was saying with the ray tracing, the graphics should be phenomenal on the PlayStation Five, the Xbox One Series X. It should be, should be amazing. Um, the games, they've gotten better, of course, over time. Man, you get a you get a formula, you go with it, you mix, you match until you get a game that people are going to love and. The PlayStation 4 has surpassed basically all of my expectations, considering that at the very beginning of the console's life so I was playing Xbox One. So Sony, you did a you did an extremely good job on this one.
0: And I, um, when it comes to Xbox, they have what I consider the best. Like they have the easiest to use system to add friends and communicate. Um, I've always I wish Nintendo would take a page out of their book when it comes to friends and stuff. Nintendo's you have to know this convoluted friend code, and it takes a long time to type in. And Sony's really uh, caught up when it comes to exclusives and stuff. They have so many they can fall back on, and I just I think gaming I think gaming is starting to become where they're not rivals anymore, and they're just trying to work together to make the best gaming experience for the gamer.
1: Well, that's going to about wrap up this podcast for this week um is there anything you guys would like to say honestly all i'd like to say is just we are
2: tremendously appreciative of how fast our facebook page has grown way past our expectations already mainly overnight too we's already at 50 follows overnight and that's we appreciate that a lot we appreciate all the comments and the interactions that's big and like michael said we have a twitter too but if you want to get in contact with us and communicate with us more facebook probably the easiest thing and that's all i gotta say
0: all right echoing and piggybacking on like i said we do want to thank you for the support having 50 likes overnight was absolutely tremendous i definitely didn't expect that i in fact i was expecting us to be at like 10 15 likes right now and i think we're hovering around the ninety. so um we really hope you enjoy our podcast um We do it not for us, but for you guys. We just like to provide entertainment. It's always been something I've wanted to do, and I'm sure my co-hosts feel the exact same way. So just from the bottom of my heart, uh, you guys rock. Keep doing what you're doing, and we'll keep trying to provide the best for you.
1: Yeah, guys, uh, that's basically it. Like they said, we really appreciate it. And, uh, again, special shout-out to Brody, to Justin, to Jason for the for leaving the comments on the, on the Facebook wall. We appreciate that, guys. Um, again, I would like to give a shout-out to Nicole for the awesome profile picture she sent yes, us. Yes,
0: thank you very much. Very awesome.
1: That rocks. Um, we don't really know how to end the podcast yet, so what we're going to do until we figure out how to end it is a video game quote. Since I was the host this week, I'll end it with my quote from The Legend of Zelda. It's dangerous to go alone. Take this. See you guys next week.